بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد فالسلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome again, dear children, to our second talk about Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now today we're going to talk about two more things concerning the Prophet's body and his physical appearance. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about his lifestyle, how he lived, what his standard of living was like. And we're also going to talk a bit about his conduct, how he carried himself, how he behaved. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So the first thing that we're going to talk about is about the seal of prophethood. Some of you may have heard of this before. Seal of prophethood. That's the first thing that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about eight things, or, or at least try to talk about eight things today. So the first thing is about the seal of prophethood. The seal of prophethood is a certain mark on the Prophet's body, alayhi salam. Now, some of the ancient books, books before Prophet Muhammad was even born, books like the books of the Jews and the books of the Christians, in these ancient books, there was some special information. What was this special information? The special information was that a prophet is going to come and that this prophet is going to have a certain mark, a certain sign on his body. And the books actually and the books actually told us where on his body the mark will be. Do you know where on the body they said it will be? There is a certain mark on the body of this future prophet that the ancient books talked about. And those books told us where this mark is going to be. Does anybody know where it was? And would anybody like to know where it was? If you'd like to know, then I'll tell you. But not yet. Wait for a second and then I'll tell you. Because first, I want to mention a little story. I want to mention a little story. So please listen very carefully. There was a young man called Salman al-Farsi. Salman the Persian. He was from Persia. Does anybody know where Persia is? 
Persia is what we call Iran and Iraq today. Now, Salman al-Farsi, he had been through different religions and he travelled through different places looking for the true religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he'd heard that Allah will send his final prophet and he heard that this final prophet will be in Arabia and he heard that this prophet will come and live in a town where there are lots of palm trees like Medina and he heard that this prophet will have a certain mark on his body and he heard that this mark on the future prophet's body will be between the prophet's shoulders. And so Salman, he travelled all the way to Arabia, but then some bad people kidnapped him, and they sold him as a slave in Medina. Now Salman really was hoping that Medina was the place that this new prophet will come to. And one day, a man did come to Medina, and he did call himself a prophet. And so Salman started to go and look at this man. And one day, this man was wearing a shawl. He was wearing a cloak over his back. Salman went behind the man's back as though he's looking for something there. The man knew what Salman was looking for. The man was our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And so the Prophet dropped the cloak from his back. When he dropped the cloak from his back, Salman looked at the Prophet's back. And there it was, between the Prophet's shoulders, the mark, the sign, the seal of prophethood. I'm getting some messages saying that people can't hear properly or that the sound is buffering and that it's cutting off. I've brought the microphone slightly closer, so please let me know if it's still cutting. Barakallahu feekum. So now children, now children, what we want to know is what this sign looked like, what this mark looked like. This mark, what was it? It was basically an elevated piece of skin from the Prophet Muhammad. It was basically 
a part of his skin between his shoulders, more towards the left, that was swelling-like, swelling part of his skin. And it wasn't very big. It was around the size of a pigeon's egg. If you haven't seen a pigeon's egg, you can go and ask mummy and daddy later on to show you on the internet how big is a pigeon's egg. But it's the quarter of a chicken's egg, about three centimeters long. So that is the size of this mark that was at the back of the Prophet Muhammad between his shoulders. The color of this mark on his back was the same color as his skin. White, fair, but with some redness to it. And it had some moles around it and some hair. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. If you rubbed your hand over the back of the Prophet Muhammad, it would end up rubbing over that small area that was slightly elevated, slightly swelling. Right, so that's the first part. It's about the seal of prophet, uh, the seal of prophethood. The second part is about the fragrance of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, the smell of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasallam. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam loved to smell nice. Do you know why? One of the reasons why he loved to smell nice was because the shayateen, the shaytans, the devils, they hate nice smells. That means that the shayateen, the devils, they love bad smells. And so the Prophet ﷺ, he did not like to smell Bad. Our Prophet ﷺ did not like to smell bad. He liked to smell nice. And so he wore perfume. He would smell so nice. If you walked near him, if you came near him, if you were around him, then you could smell the beautiful fragrance from him. Now he smelled nice. Because he wore perfume, but he also smelt nice. Because that was just how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had naturally made his body. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He naturally had a nice smelling body let me ask you a quick question when you run really fast something comes out of your body doesn't it what is it when you're outside in a hot hot country something comes out of your body what is it it's sweat now does sweat smell nice or does sweat smell smelly and stinky? Sweat obviously smells smelly and stinky. But Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sweat was not like that. 
Prophet Muhammad's sweat was actually fragrant and beautiful. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, did he only make sure that his body and his clothes smelt nice? No. Even his mouth. He would clean his mouth a lot with a miswak, leaving it fresh and clean without a bad smell. And we should do the same. We should also clean our mouths so that they don't smell bad. It isn't good that we wake up in the morning, have our breakfast, go to school, and we haven't even brushed our teeth. We haven't even washed our mouths. People don't like smelly breaths around them. So those of you who have a, those of you who keep a clean and a nice smelling mouth, then well done to you and keep it up. And those of you who don't, well now is the time to change and follow Prophet Muhammad by brushing our teeth and cleaning our mouths. Right, I'm still getting messages from people saying that they can't hear properly and that the sound is cutting out. So I think what will be uh, good to do is for us to stop and then record again or rather uh, um, go on to the live session again and see if that works. So let's do that. I'm going to stop and then I'm going to begin the session again. I'm going to begin the recording again, the uh, uh, broadcast again. Send me a few messages. Let me know whether it's clear. If it's clear, then we'll continue. If it's not clear, then inshallah ta'ala we'll take it from there. So give me a few seconds and I'll be back uh, on live. Inshallah. Assalamu alaikum. Let's get back to our talk about Prophet Muhammad. We're going to now talk about part number three, point number three. And that is about the clothes of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa What type of color do you think Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam liked the most? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam liked white clothes the most. In fact, he recommended us to also wear white clothes. Does it mean that you always have to wear it and that you have to wear white clothes? No, it doesn't mean that. You can wear green clothes or blue clothes or other clothes if you want. But the best clothes, the purest color, the one that our prophet recommended was white clothes. Now, what do you think was our Prophet's favorite garment? His favorite item of clothing? His favorite item of clothing was a shirt. The shirt. There are different items of clothing. You have the shoe. You have the scarf. A turban. You have trousers. You have the izar. The izar, the waist wrap. 
those children who might have parents from Yemen, those children that might have parents from Bangladesh, they'll know about the waist wrap. So there's different items of clothing. Which one did Prophet Muhammad like the best? The shirt. Why? Because it was easy to wear. And it was easy to take off. And it was easy to move in. Prophet Muhammad وسلم, he was a practical person who wasn't fussy about his clothes. He did teach us that we can wear whatever we want as long as it isn't haram. It's okay. You don't have to wear this. You can wear whatever you want as long as it's not haram. But you see, our Prophet, he wasn't fussy about his clothes. And we should also be like that. My little children, if mummy and daddy get us some clothes, let's not start saying, no, I don't want this. I want the Adidas one, not the Reebok one. I want the stripy one, not the plain one. I want it like this and I want it like that. No, let's not be like that. Let's be like our Prophet, who wasn't fussy about his clothes. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So that's point number three. What about point number four? What do you think that's about? Point number four is about the house of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let's find out a bit about his house. We can't learn everything. But let's learn some bits. Well, Prophet Muhammad's house wasn't really grand and big and massive. And no, it was small and simple. It was so small that if he prayed in his room while the mother of the believers, his wife, Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anha, had her legs stretched out, she would have to bring her legs in whenever the Prophet was praying and wanting to make sujood. Meaning, there wasn't enough room for her to stretch her legs and for the Prophet to make sujood at the same time. What about the furniture in the house of the Prophet? We can't speak about all of the items. We don't have enough time. But let's talk about the bed. The bed of our Prophet. What did Prophet Muhammad والسلام, sleep on? Did he have a nice big grand bed? Did he have a nice memory foam orthopedic mattress? Prophet Muhammad والسلام, didn't actually have a bed. Prophet Muhammad would sleep on a mat. A mat made out of reeds. And when the Prophet would get up from this mat, after having laid down upon it, when he would lift his body off that mat, the mat would leave an imprint on his body. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So what does this mean? What does all of this mean? Does it mean that it's bad to have a nice big house? Does it mean that it's 
about to have a nice, large, orthopedic memory foam mattress and bed set? No, no, my children, it doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean something. Do you know what the simple life of our prophet means? It means that these things aren't the most important thing in life. A nice house, a nice bed, nice toys and nice games, a nice car for mummy and a nice car for daddy, they're okay. But they're not the most important thing in life. So if you do have these things, then be thankful to Allah. But if you don't live in a big house, my dear child, and if you don't have the best bed, my little brother, and if you don't have the best toys, and you don't have the best games, my little sister, and mummy and daddy don't drive the best car, or they don't even have a car at all, then don't worry, my little brother, and don't worry, my little sister. These things aren't the most important thing in life. Why? Because they weren't the most important thing to the leader of our life. They weren't the most important thing to our Prophet The most important thing to our Prophet, to our leader, was Tawheed. What is Tawheed? To pray to nobody except Allah directly. To worship Nobody except Allah directly, not to pray to Prophet Muhammad and then to ask him to take your prayer to Allah. No, that's shirk. That's the worst thing that you could ever do. Not to pray to an angel and then ask the angel to take your prayer to Allah. No, that's shirk. That's the worst thing that you could ever do. The most important thing in our Prophet's life was Tawheed, to pray only to Allah directly, to worship only Allah directly, to make dua only to Allah, to make ruku' only to Allah, to make sujood only to Allah directly. This is the most important thing in our life. Not our houses, not our furniture, not our beds, not our toys, not our games. So that's the fourth point. Let's now move on to point number five. And I thank you so much for sitting down and patiently listening. Point number five is a bit about the eating habit of our Prophet So let's talk about that. Well, Prophet Muhammad would sit down to eat and he'd say Bismillah and he'd eat with his right hand using his fingers. And if the plate that he was eating from was shared between a few people, he'd only eat from the side that is in front of him. He wouldn't reach out to the side of the other person's plate and stick his fingers in there. No, that's not nice. That's rude. 
Also, Prophet Muhammad wouldn't eat to his full. He wouldn't fill up his stomach all the time, no. In fact, he told us to divide the space in our stomach into three parts. A third for food, a third for water, and a third for air. Also, Prophet Muhammad wouldn't criticize food. The food that he liked, he would eat. And the food, and the other food, he wouldn't eat. But he'd never criticize it. He would never call it bad food and criticize it. So when people say, oh, look at that meal. It looks disgusting. It's horrible. It's this, it's that. No, my children, that is not the way of our Prophet, alayhi salam. Also, Prophet Muhammad wasn't fussy when it came to food. Sometimes, because he didn't have much money, he'd have a complete meal with just some milk. Sometimes, with just some dates and some water. So let's try and be like that, okay? Let's not be moody with our mummies who work so hard to cook those healthy meals for us. Let's not say, oh mummy, why have you put the beans on top of the waffles? I don't like them like that. It's gone all soggy. That's it. I'm not eating this. Mummy, why have you given, why have you given me a fried egg? I wanted a boiled egg. That's it. I am not eating any more. No, children, let's not be like that. Let's not be fussy about our food. Let's be like our leader, our hero, our prophet, who was never fussy about his food. Alayhi salatu wassalam. Okay, let's now move on to point number six. Point number six, which is about how the prophet would look. How he would look at people and look at things. Well, let me ask you something first. Where would he look the most? Where would his eyes be at the most? His gaze, where would it be? Would it be towards the sky? No. Would it be at people, just staring and gawping at people? No. Most of the time, the Prophet's gaze would be towards the ground, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when he would look, if he, would, if he did look at people, and he wouldn't be staring at them and gawping at them. What would he do then? He'd take glances. The Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, his looking was more glances. But most of the time he would look down towards the, towards the ground. And if you wanted to talk to someone, then he wouldn't just turn his face. No, he would actually turn his whole body towards them. And that's good manners. So imagine mummy's behind you or daddy's behind you and they call you. They say, oh, Ali, I want to say something to you. Oh, Ali, does this belong to you? And then I turn around just with my head. Towards my mummy? No, that's not really good manners. It's better for me to turn my whole body around all the way, 180 degrees, so that my face and my body is facing my mummy. 
when I'm talking to her. That's good manners. And that is what our Prophet would do. Alayhi salatu wassalam. So speaking about talking to people, let's move on to point number seven, which is about the Prophet's speaking habit, how he would speak. Okay? We can't cover everything, but let's try to cover something. Um, Prophet Muhammad, how would he speak? How would he move his mouth? Well, he would not speak from the corners of his mouth. Some people, they have it, they speak from the corners of their mouth like this. They'll say, Assalamu alaikum, my name is Ustad Abu Arwa Ali. Like this. They speak from the corners of their mouth. They don't move their lips that much. They don't move their mouth that much. And that can make it difficult for other people to understand. Prophet Muhammad wouldn't do that. He'd speak clearly and he would move his lips and his mouth. Also, he wouldn't speak fast. He'd speak nice and slowly. At times, he would repeat his sentence three times. Why? So that people can understand what he's saying. He would choose his words carefully, using a few words in the sentence, but those words would have a lot of meaning. Prophet Muhammad would not talk a lot. He would not talk a lot, chattering and gibbering away, no. If there was something good to say, he would say it. Otherwise, our Prophet would remain quiet. Which leads us to our last, final point. Point number eight for today. And that is, Prophet Muhammad would only speak good, otherwise he would remain silent. Does that mean that he wouldn't joke? No. Did you know that Prophet Muhammad would sometimes have a light joke with his companions? But why? Because an occasional light joke will make those around you feel comfortable. It may lift their spirits. It may make them feel happy. But my children, may Allah bless you all. There are some rules that you need to know about joking. Let me tell you three of them. Number one, the joke can't be a lie. So you can't say a fib like some of these stand-up comedians. They'll say, oh, I was in the hospital the other day and then this happened and that happened and they say the joke just to make people laugh. You can't do that. You can't lie in your jokes. Number two, the joke can't be something haram. It can't be about something haram. So you can't have bad words and swearing in your jokes. And number three, that you shouldn't be joking all the time. Not all the time, but just sometimes. Now, before we go, can I tell you a little example a little example from Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam of how he joked with his companions. Now, before I tell you this joke that Prophet Muhammad did, let me just quickly tell you something. 
Do you think that old women are going to go to Jannah? Old women, are they going to go to Jannah? What do you think? Someone who's an old woman who dies in this world, is she going to go to Jannah if she was a Muslim and a good woman? Yes, a good Muslim woman who died as an old woman will go to Jannah, inshallah. But that old woman, before she goes into Jannah, she'll be transformed into a young woman again. All of the women will become young and they'll become the same age again before they go to Jannah. So now, one day, an, an old woman came to Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and she asked him something. Do you know what she asked him? She said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, pray to Allah that he puts me in Jannah, in paradise. All of us want to go into Jannah. And this woman did as well. And that's why she asked the Prophet, because he was alive and in front of her, to pray to Allah to get her into Jannah one day. What did Prophet Muhammad say? He said, Oh, mother of so-and-so, the old women can't go into Jannah. How do you think this woman felt? This woman walked away and she started to cry. So the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said to his companions, Tell her that the women, all of them, will be the same age, transformed into young women again. And then they will go into Jannah. So the Prophet Muhammad was saying the truth. He wasn't lying. It was true. The old women won't go into Jannah. Why? Because all of the old women before they go into Jannah, will be transformed into young women. And then they'll go into Jannah. That was our Prophet Muhammad joking with this lady, joking with his companions. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What a wonderful person he was, alayhi salatu wa salam. And as we said last week, that when we hear about these things, we want to, or we end up loving our Prophet Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam. And there is one thing that I forgot to mention, which was this. If we love him, we want to see him, and I'm sure you do. And we want to meet him, and I'm sure you do. But I forgot to mention where we can meet him, because we can. We can't meet him in this world. Because he, alayhi salatu wasalam, he died a long time ago and he left this world. He is, in that, he is now in a different world. But we can meet him one day in another place. That place is where? That place is Jannah. So if we follow him, if we do what he told us to do, if we do what his message was about, which is Tawheed, only worshipping Allah and following the Prophet, if we do that, then inshallah ta'ala, me and you and all of us, he can be with our Prophet Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam 
in Al-Jannah. Thank you so much again for sitting down so patiently and listening to this talk about our Prophet. Inshallah ta'ala, next week again, at the same time, we will discuss more things about our Prophet and learn more nice things about our Prophet so that we can love him and so that we can follow him. Until next time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Wa sallallahumma ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.